Hey, this is George Blaze from WCIU-TV, Channel 26, The U. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. They're sometimes called the odd couple. If only because the word aberrant doesn't fit in the logo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Have forests go with land will. Good planets are in the main. Right. 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 Not just Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki. Ariana DiGenova here in the studio. Don't don't pull that over too hard. You'll hurt yourself. You like you can take a nap. You can put your head down on your desk if you want and take a nap. That's that's okay with us, Ariana. She's not exactly bright eyed today. We didn't even know she was going to be here. We thought you were graduating. Yeah, I goofed. That's next weekend. So you're not graduating. I goofed. I, they were they, they're not sending me my di- my diploma at all. I got another year. It was year. a fake. It was a fake. <laughs> Oh, that would be Fake a problem. News. You know, you, you show up and you're waiting in line for your sheepskin. They go, uh, no, you're you're next year. About uh, that. You yeah, really? Longer. Hey, uh, yeah, you um, you owe us uh, some uh, rent here, I oh, think. Gosh. I, I know. Too no, much. you're already much. you're in you're in debt, right? I'm already in the hole. Bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and we talked to Ariana about this. Uh, and she is our our intern. And I saw, you know, I saw uh, one of the people we have on the show today. I went to their their website, and I can't remember. I think it was the ILFMA, mm-hmm. the Illinois Farmers Market Far- Association. Farmers Market Association, and it has staff and interns. And, and it says that on it: staff and interns. So I hope you're not feeling slighted that we don't have a staff and interns. No, that's okay. okay. You recognize me on the that's show. Right. So that's right. Hey, yes. that's one but thing. Who is that? <laughs> what do you mean? She said we recognize her, but I'm like, who is oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, wait. <laughs> you know, if I, if I had, uh, I would have to go back up here to. Uh, we don't have time. Edit. No, we don't have time to do that. Okay. But, it, you know, if, if I, I can do it eventually, but I'm just. Uh, all right. It's early. It, it is. Hey, welcome. Uh, and uh, I have found a, uh, a use for the word kofifi. Uh, can we say that on the air? Yeah, we can, uh, because it doesn't mean anything. It means whatever you want it to mean. It's, it's, it's in your head. It's in your little head. It's in somebody's orange little head, and it means something. Ew. Uh, ew, indeed. <laughs> Get out of my head, you orange thing. Um, it's my friend Mac who wrote to me on Facebook. She did an IM, and I think she fell asleep on her keyboard and typed out like the letter K with a quotation mark. And she went, and I went, what? What? She said, oh, darn computer's doing it. So I just typed back to her, Kofifi. 
So I think that's what you do whenever somebody <laughs> just sends you a message on social media that doesn't make any sense. You just write back Kofifi, and 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 it just puts everything into perspective. Okay, here's the show today. A ton of stuff. Boy, oh boy. Busy, busy. It's great, though. This is good stuff. Uh, we start with Tracy DeSabato Alston. What's really funny, well, we'll tell Tracy about what you and I both brought to the studio, Peggy, mm-hmm. when we get her on, because I don't want to ruin the joke. Um, but Tracy DeSabato Alst is the author. She's a best selling author, speaker, horticulturist, I mean, uh, overachiever. Bas- this is your basic overachiever mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, did you read her? Her her bio page by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. So do you feel humble? Beyond. Kofifi. <laughs> Kofifi. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, she's uh, the author of The Well-Tended Perennial Garden, which is now in its third. third. It's in its third print. Uh, not printing, but third edition. Like rewritten. New and improved. I mean, it's just got everything in it. So... She starts and, uh, and and get your gardening questions ready. And you could win a copy, too. And you could win a copy of the book. The book is awesome. Mm-hmm. 847-475-1590. Get the book. Uh, you're really going to like this. Um, it tells you how to prune plants. Nobody does that. And that's, and that's why the book has sold over 200,000 copies. Holy smoke. Okay. Uh, and she's on, she starts the show. Then we have Chris Rowland. From our great sponsor, Sugar Beet Co-op, thank you, in Oak Park, tells us uh, what's going on there. Uh, and it's a beautiful, take a look at the photo with Peggy in it at MikeNovak.net. Go to this week's show and you can see the photo with Peggy uh, at the Sugar, Sugar Beet Co-op. Um, and then uh, I am so excited to have Green Diva Meg on the phone. Those of you who have followed my checkered career over the past few years know that I was part of the Green Diva radio network. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to have her back. She's been doing the Just a GD Minute things you've been hearing on the show uh, for the last few weeks, and that's the best title ever for a segment, Just a GD Minute. Uh, and Green Diva Meg and I will talk about how to survive the age of orange. Uh, and finally, uh, Janie Maxwell, who is the executive director of Illinois Farmers Market Association, will be in studio. So I'm very, very excited about that, and suddenly all of my Volume just went away. Yeah, I can't hear you. That was there oh, we go. I think he was pulling down the wrong fader. All right, Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Thank you, Ben Boquist. He is our engineer, and we will be right back. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll have a head start on the season. Peggy and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. 
Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. What is this anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. All right, everybody sing. It doesn't sound like it's too slow today. Yeah. Let me try this up. All right, here we go. Watch it. No? No. We, we had a little incident with Bruce yesterday. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen was... We were playing him at 33 and a third. Actually, it was a 45 that we were playing at 33 and a third. I actually did that once. Okay, I got to tell you a story. When I was back, and, and uh, let's, let's bring in our guest... Uh, at the more at the moment, not the morning. Yeah, and the morning too. <laughs> Whatever I'm trying to say. Tracy DeSabato Oust. Tracy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. How are you? All right. Uh, listen, the last time you and I talked, and I think I figured it out because, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But I was working at Gargantua Radio down the dial, uh, big old radio station in Chicago here, and um, uh, one of the things I used to do there was be an engineer. I was a Ben Boquist. Uh, and I would run the board for people. And Roy Leonard, may he rest in peace, had Maria Muldaur. Uh, was it Maria Muldaur? No, it was not Midnight at the Oasis, but there's got to be a morning after, I think. Who who sang that? Melissa. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Her- okay. <laughs> that, 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 that. We're doing good so far. Yeah, really. She, she was more of a songwriter than a singer. So I'm the uh, so I'm the engineer, and I'm in the studio. And this is in the day we we still had wax. We I mean we were we were playing discs that we didn't have CDs. Uh, and he brings in uh, the song for me to play, and it's a 45. And I put it on the turntable, and he's got her in the studio. She's sit, sit, sitting right in front of me, and. And Roy points to me, hit it, and it comes out 33 and a third. Melissa Manchester. Melissa Manchester? Is that who it was? Yeah. I, I, oh, you looked it up. Okay, you're good. Uh, so that was my uh, my brush with uh, <laughs> catastrophe. Uh, <laughs> so, Tracy, it's a good thing that you don't have any songs there that no, I can. No, we're good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, be playing, so. we'd be playing you sideways no here. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if if you did have a song, it would just fit right in because you uh, you do so many other things. As, as you're the, as I told Peggy before we brought you in here, you're the classic overachiever. And uh, <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> I mean, not only has she done this book, the Well Tended Perennial Garden, which has sold over two hundred two hundred thousand copies. I want to do the. Uh, uh, the uh the uh oh never mind uh you know the one <laughs> yeah, million yeah. dollars uh, right the, mil- the billion 
That's right. And she's written other books. And she, you've written other books. And she's a triathlete. Now, come on. Who has time to do that? <laughs> and her garden probably looks amazing. Yeah, it, well, it does because she's got <laughs> photos of it. And, and, and that's a reason alone for us to hate you, okay, Trace? <laughs> I know, Mike. You guys do nothing, right? Um, no. Let's be involved in magazines, radio. Come on. <laughs> well, that, you know that's true. Peggy's actually the the hard worker here. She's the one who's putting out a magazine every month. Um, yes, I, nat- I saw that. Yeah, Natural Awakening Chicago. Natural Awakenings. Yeah. Yes. And sh- now she does radio. I can't figure <laughs> out why she added <laughs> added that. Yes, but my tomatoes aren't planted yet, so. Uh. <laughs> Girl, so that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I actually have offered to come up there and help her plant her I tomatoes. I may take you up on that. Because um, mine are mine are not all in the ground. Uh, a lot of them are, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, my beets are coming up, and Ooh. onions, and other, cool. and potatoes, and so I'm I'm very happy about that. I'm 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 you know, and I don't just plant veggies, uh, Tracy. I've got a, a fair number of perennials, mm-hmm. and. In the in the studio right now, you'll be happy to know. I, I that, should take a. Where's yours? You should. Uh, do we have four books here? Yeah, we have four. And, and I didn't bring the middle edition, which I also have. You also have. Yes. Aww, because thank you guys. I appreciate that. We have four versions. Uh, well, we have four books here. Two of the new ones because we each got a copy. But we have our original. Versions, our original editions of the well-tended perennial garden, with our notes and stuff crammed inside. Of them. <laughs> yeah, I in the back of mine. Okay, there's a sheet of paper here, and it's a printout from. Let's see, May eleventh, two thousand three. Oh my goodness! And it says <laughs> viburnums that excel from season to season, and I have no why, no idea why it's in there. <laughs> Mike, I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. But the point is, it's in your book, and 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 again, uh, I have a little sticker there from uh, from Gargantua Radio, let's, otherwise let's get known a picture as of the book there, Mike. Let's we'll get, get a picture, and and no, we're not going to do that. There we go. <laughs> this is the original book. We're taking a photo right now that we're going to post probably on Facebook or Twitter, so you'll get to see it. Uh, so I have the original. So we come by this honestly. So I must have interviewed you around that time, and it's been. I think, 14 years since we've oh talked. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yes. And we've done, I think we've did a couple in between maybe with Well Designed, Mixed mm-hmm. Garden, yes, too, with the second book. I think we did, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, Well Tended has been out now for, uh, 19, the original came out 19 years ago, but we haven't changed a bit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You've I, done more triathlons since then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I have kept my promise and not done any triathlons. Uh, keeps me out of trouble, that's for sure. I'll bet it. I'll bet it does. Uh, yes, and I had USA at the at the world level and won worlds in Budapest. Yay for USA! Wait, you guys won at Budapest. When was this? I I won. Yeah, the world championships there in my age group. So that was a lot of fun and. I'm leaving. I know. And, we're, yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> shut, we're shutting down the studio here. We're out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> it's been, been fun. So we do it, with my, do it with my husband and our son. And now our new daughter-in-law does a little bit of it as well. So it's really fun. That's, uh, it sounds like a cult to me. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, actually, it is. It's a, it's a whole different group of group of peeps. That's for sure. They're right. plant nerds. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let, let me go in that direction for just a second. How many of those people you run with and you train with do the same thing? Go home to their gardens and prune their Monarda didymus. <laughs> I wish more of them did, but a, a, a handful, I would say. I'd say about a handful. There's usually couple hundred of us racing for Team USA at the world events. I'd say, I'd say a handful, maybe. <laughs> All right. A couple of things I want to do, because we're going to get right into the heart of the book, because uh, it is a game changer. It was a game changer when it came out. Hey, thanks so much. My, it, it's, it's been really fun. Of course. Well, you know, I love having people on the show who come up with these concepts that end up changing the gardening world the way uh, you did uh, at that. Because I remember how affected I was by talking to you. I still practice your techniques in my own garden, and I teach them to others. And I think that's the whole idea is you let people know, no, you can actually prune that, okay? You can. It's a, it's a, it's a perennial, but you don't have to let it just flop and go to seed and look ratty. You can actually make it look good for a much longer time in your garden just by practicing a few simple techniques. Um, Absolutely, yes. Uh, and, and it's it's been really rewarding. And I think a lot of times at the beginning people are intimidated by the pruning, but perennials are so forgiving. And, well, you know, we can prune for a variety of reasons to delay flowering, to reduce the need for staking, for pest control, um, you know, to prolong bloom. And, and like you said, just to keep a plant looking good, keep it in its space so we can make room for, for more plants. Um, so it's really it's really an exciting uh, technique that I'm so honored uh, by that has you know taken hold and and really been a kind of a almost a lifelong passion for us now. It, 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 I can understand why it would be. You you then want to spread this gospel, um, and it makes it, it people want to have. All right, you and I both know. Tracy, that people think they can control nature, all right? And that's not true. It, no, that's it, not. <laughs> Kofifi. Kofifi. We've learned, Mike, the hard way, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. But but you can shape it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Influence. And that's the thing with the, with the pruning. It's not about, you know, control or about a very uh, regimented or, or rigid approach to gardening, but it's about giving us choices, um, you know, if we're going to perhaps open the garden uh, at a certain point in the summer or have a wedding in the summer or an anniversary party, um, how fun is it to delay some of the flowering so that it's, you know, coordinated with this special event? Um, you know, if I find that most people are not really great at staking, and so, you know, why not prevent the need for staking by, you know, preemptively pruning perennials so that they look great throughout the whole season. So it just really gives us options and, and, a, and a lot of different opportunities. Well, nobody, as you, and as you point this out in your book, too, uh, which is nobody wants to stake. That's, that's not what I consider fun in the garden. That is like, that's a necessity. Uh, yes, it, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you don't want to plant, to, you don't just want to look like a bad parent. All right, basically. <laughs> and, and, you know, we never stake at the proper time. You know, we're supposed to stake when the plants are, are, are smaller and, and grow into the staking material so it looks natural. But 
all of us are so optimistic. We're certain that this is the year that, you know, the plants aren't going to flop. And so we we wait until they do and then, you know, yank it up and it looks terrible. And, and, and then it does look like we're trying to control things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's what I want to do right now. Uh, we have a copy of your book, The Well-Tended Perennial Garden, The Essential Guide to Planting and Pruning Techniques, completely revised and expanded, big old hardcover. And if you don't want to use it in your garden, wow, does it make a great coffee table. Um, and uh, But I think you will. I think you're going to find— Or fi- a great gift. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Father's Day is coming up. And it's got everything. True, Peggy. Yes. <laughs> it's got everything in there. It's got chapters. You know, it's got it's got your basic uh, horticultural information, which it starts out with, which people, a lot of people want to, you know, if you've never gardened before, you could pick up this book and learn how to garden. Uh, it's and, your basic perennial gardening, planting, planting and maintenance, pruning, and then it gets into the pruning thing. And then it's got an encyclopedia of perennials and metric conversion chart. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were gonna, it's you, been exciting. The, you know, the book, I think what's been most rewarding is that it is a book that people use. They'll come to me at, at book signings like you guys were talking about with either an old edition and they'll say, oh, you know, it's, it's dog-eared and they've got soil in the pages, so they're actually using it, um, you know, in the gardens, and then and then they're buying the new edition because we have, you know, 30-plus new entries. We have uh, 30, you know, over 30 to 50 new cultivars in it. We have three new garden designs. There's uh, 50 new, you know, photos. So it really, it needed a little bit of a facelift at this <laughs> stage of the game, and uh it was just it was really fun and rewarding to do that and to see the the nice response we're getting to the new um third edition uh well it, you're making your publisher timber press happy and I, as i said <laughs> on my, as i said on my blog uh they they're the cadillac of horticultural publishers okay and if the cadillac has never sold more books than they have with yours they've got to be happy too so oh, well thank you they've been awesome to work with it's really you know it's pretty cool to be able to work with a a publisher you know this many years and and really enjoy them and they've always been you know nurturing and and supportive and and helpful and you know it's it's been a wonderful partnership well we want to put our intern to work here ariana is sitting there patiently <laughs> Waiting for the phone. That's right. You know, and I don't want her just chatting with Ben because that's just, uh, that's boring. It doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, So 847-475-1590 is our number. The seventh caller will get a copy of the Well-Tended Perennial Garden, this brand-new, completely revised and expanded version. You're going to love this book. And as Peggy said, if if you're not a gardener, give it to a friend. It's Father's Day. Or hang on to it for Christmas. That's fine, mm-hmm. too. You know, what? or a birthday. Uh, 847-475-1590. I hope you're a gardener, though, and you want a copy of this. Now, put that on Twitter Peggy, the number because I'm a good. Let's tweet it out there. All right, the tweet tw- it out. The, 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 <laughs> good job, Peggy. Right. The, well, I'm just going to say the Twitter people don't get to sit there on their little machines and go, "Can I have one?" No, you got to call. All right. <laughs> if, if, even if you're on Twitter, you have to call eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. All right, we got a couple of minutes here, so we can we can start charging into this, uh, Tracy. Uh, and the question, Peggy and I, having brought in both of our old books. We, we were looking at each other and thinking, 
what has changed? Now, we know what's changed in 20 years since you did the original book, and, and we can notice the changes in the book. Well, what would you say the largest change in horticulture uh, or backyard horticulture is in the last 20 years? I'd say one of the one of the big changes is that we're seeing a you know a great increase in the in the use of native plants. And um, you know we've in in our design work at my business, my company, we've we've used natives for the 40 years I've been doing design. But um, that was kind of unusual. That was a little more unusual at that time. And so we're definitely seeing a a, a surge in that. Still, I know it's been going on now for. For quite a few years, but it's still gaining um, in popularity. And I will make note that many of the native plants respond beautifully to pruning. (laughs) 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 The echinaceas, the heliopsis, um, many of the the multi-branched, the heleniums and so forth, responds very nicely to some of the pruning to keep them a little bit more in shape or, again, to to delay their flowering or delay certain uh, sections of the planting. So I'd say that's a, that's a big issue. And, again, I think using, using edibles um, mixed right into the mixed garden, uh, people, you know, considering space and trying to incorporate herbs and veggies right along with their perennials. I, you know, I love using many of the ornamental veggies, the red boar kale, the um, bull's blood beet or... Uh, you know, some of the bright light Swiss chard and so forth. So um, I think we're seeing a, a huge increase in in that trend as well. Good. Well, you know, that's the correct answer. That's what we were going <laughs> to yeah. She gets the ding. <laughs> All right. Uh, give us a call, 847-475-1590. 7th caller gets a copy of the Well-Tended Perennial Garden. You will have to talk to us on the radio, too. Sorry about that. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be back right after this. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. 
Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I'm headed to Graceland with my pruning <laughs> shears in hand. Now that's a Facebook Live. Yeah, there we are. Do you think uh, that the uh, Elvis people would let me in and uh, deadhead their uh, their plants? Hey, you know we are deadheads, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you you've gotten a lot of grief for that, haven't you? Talking about I am the Queen of Yes, it's such a romantic title, you know, the Queen of Deadheading. Take it to your hands. <laughs> Very glamorous, but. <laughs> Uh, Nothing good comes out of uh, telling people that they can do things like deadheading and dead dead leafing. Dead leafing. Dead leafing. Well, before we jump back in, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a copy of The Well-Tended Perennial Gardener, 847-475-1590, seventh caller. The Well-Tended Perennial Gardener would be if (laughs) if, if you dress well. I like that, Peggy. (laughs) I had someone write on, on one of my, I don't know, I think it was a Facebook thing, but she said, Mine's more the well-intended garden <laughs> rather than the well-tended garden. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. She said, I want that to be your next book. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we off-air here, we were having actually a pretty good conversation uh, that I want to get back to, which is, and I wasn't sure about this, but I, 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 th- I thought I knew this, that before your book came out, people didn't really pay attention to this whole concept of pruning a plant while it was still growing during the season that they they kind of waited until things were done and then they might cut it to the ground or they might you know uh rejuvenate it or or prune it some other way but you said no 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 you were and you were kind of the first you sort of blazed a trail here didn't you well i i think i shared information that that really some avid gardeners, you know, were doing that, that many of us weren't aware of. I was asked to do an article uh, for the Brook and Botanic Garden on it, and then, you know, it kind of grew from there. I mm-hmm. hate to use that. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> bummed. Um, and, and worked with Fine Gardening on it and then went, you know, through Timber Press. But I interviewed and talked to a lot of excellent gardeners, the late, um, great Elsa Bacalar, mm-hmm. um, spoke with Charles Cresson, Caroline Burgess up at uh, Stonecrop, some of the some of these gardeners that were doing really some of these cool techniques and just uh, you had never shared them um, with people. And then I took it a step further and tried these techniques on a little over 400 species. So and, and did evaluative research, so measured them and, and recorded the heights at which the pruned plants flowered versus unpruned, recorded if there was a delay in flowering or if there was a reduction in the floral display because some perennials don't respond to pruning prior to flowering. Mm-hmm. What we may be doing is kind of we may cut off the flower itself, things like poppies or anything with just a one single stem. Um, they don't respond as well to this pruning prior to flowering, but we can right. we can prune them after. <laughs> so it was it was really interesting to learn from these fantastic gardeners and then um, experiment and and work with it in my own gardens and. 
that's what I share in the book. So that type of research had, had not been done and and has not still been done. And I know why, because it wasn't that much. <laughs> it was involved to do it. Well, I think at this point, though, uh, the only way you could follow up on this is if you did a, a scientific study. You'd have to go to a university or something and, and do it that way. Yours is... You know, it's not a peer-reviewed paper doing this. You're just doing this from your experience, and uh, that's valid, obviously, because the, the book has sold so well and, and the techniques work. But I'm trying to figure out if somebody else did it, they would just be copying what you did. So my, my feeling is the only way you go forward on this is if somebody does a peer-reviewed publication. I agree, Mike. Yes, and do something, you know, where they're actually doing dry weights, they're doing a statistical analysis to to check, you know, the differences and, and, and really, you know, doing it at that level, at a research level. I, I agree with you completely. I'd love to see that that be done, but I'm not aware of that. <laughs> there you go. There's a project for you guys. No, 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 no. I stay as far away from universities as I possibly can. <laughs> I, I, I was there for four years. I'm done. I'm like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stick a stick a fork in me. I'm I'm glad I got that uh, degree. Uh, nothing else. So yeah, I I agree. But you know, with the pruning too, like some of it is just pruning um, after flowering. Some of our plants, like Amsonias or Baptisia, that make beautiful little sub shrub, uh, you know, respond beautifully to being cut back by a third after they flower. So that they, you know, they maintain this beautiful habit, and they, and they create a nice form and structure in the garden. So um, that's really fun as well to to look at some of those plants that we can uh, prune after, just to to keep the garden a little bit uh, manageable. Yeah, eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. We have just a couple of more calls, and we can give away this book. Uh, the Well-Tended Perennial Garden, the new edition. Tracy DeSabado House is on the phone with us right now, 847-475-1590. And you can walk home with this. I mean, you you can't believe how beautiful this book is. And, <laughs> well, and you know, full, full color photos and the whole schmear. So, uh, Peggy? So for someone who is just starting a perennial garden or who suddenly the light bulb goes off and they're like, I can prune it, I can deadhead it. So what's going to be the benefit? What is the gardener going to get out of spending the time to prune and deadhead? Yeah, so that's a good question, Peggy. And that's what we found is that a lot of beginning gardeners uh, are using well-tended, and that's, you know, that's as rewarding as having, you know, the very savvy gardeners using it. So what we find is that, you know, the benefits is when you're doing the deadheadings, we can prolong bloom anywhere from, from two weeks to, to three months um, by proper deadheading and, and knowing, you know, if there's lateral buds that are developing or not, and and how we can can keep that plant really performing its best, and even plants that we're growing um, just for foliage effect, mm-hmm. you know, is there pruning that we can do? Some of the early spring flowering plants, like many of the, the dianthus or pinks that are flowering now, or the or the moss flocks, those plants can be sheared by half. We can just take head shears and shear them by half, mm-hmm. and they look spectacular. They're semi-evergreen to evergreen the rest of the season. So what you get is, you know, more flowers, more foliage, and just a, you know, a better-looking garden and more enjoyment, if you will. I, I do a lot with, you know, cut flowers, and so the more I can... Um, continue to prolong cutting in the garden and, you know, bringing that into the home or sharing those cut flowers, the better. 
You know, uh, we had uh, Alan Armitage on the program a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure you know this, but he talked about pinks and the idea being that uh, the name is not from the color of the plant, but it is that the edges of the bloom look like they've been cut with pinking shears. Hence the, <laughs> Isn't that the, cool? I mean, that's a neat, his new book, that's really cool. On, yeah, that's in that. his new the book. Behind the names, yeah. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And that then, is an interesting, Mike. I like that. And then, of course, he has to explain what pinking shears are to the millennials. <laughs> right. so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just think, you know, getting in touch with, uh, you know, connecting in, in the gardens and, and doing the pruning is, mm-hmm. you know, it's very zen-like. It's, it releases negativity. I don't think that we can always promote weeding and division and right, staking right. as something really fun and and, yeah. and exciting to do. But pruning is, is definitely a way to, you know, connect with right. nature and particularly if we're all tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming. I think <laughs> well, well, you can be tweeting how your plants are performing or, or Instagramming them. So, yes. <laughs> so now that we're at the beginning of June, you know, I, I was looking and noticing even things like Jack in the Pulpit and a lot of the ephemerals are covered. So we're at the beginning of June. What should gardeners be looking to either be deadheading back now or pruning for midsummer? Bloom? I know, I know. Ooh, ooh, I've got, ooh, I, I've ooh. got go my ahead, I, 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 I got my hand in the air, because, Mr. Novak. Because one, <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. Novak. Um, and, uh, well, one of the ones is the one I'm going to do in my yard, uh, which is, uh, and they keep changing the genus name on me, so I, I don't have it, is my uh, New England aster. Uh, yes, yay, hooray, that was exactly the one I was going to mention. And you said you did, wouldn't go back to school. <laughs> he doesn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing those all week. So just as, as we're working through the gardens, I'm going in and, and cutting the asters back, or whatever, yes, as you want to call them, um, cutting them back by half or cutting the and cutting some of the outer stems lower than the inner stems so that we get that branching yeah. um, and flowering all the way down to the base. Uh, rather than many of the asters have these you know ugly legs that develop um, later in the season, that's one of my favorite and so easy to do as well. Okay. We're, and, yeah. yeah. So we're we're doing that mainly now. Like I mentioned earlier, the Heliopsis uh, summer sun. I like to delay that. That's a, a plant that seeds uh, pretty. I wouldn't say aggressively. I say assertively. So I have a, a lot of that um, in the gardens at Hidden Haven and. I like to prune different sections um, of those plants in the garden so that I delay the flowering, so that all of it's not flowering at the same time. And um, then also the advantage to gardeners with doing that type of preemptive or pruning prior to flowering is that everything's not in a deadhead phase at the same time. Ah. So when it's time to do the deadheading on the Heliopsis to prevent some of the excess seeding, you you can you know do that in phases. Um, we do that a lot with our clients' gardens, and that's what we're finding. A lot of a lot of professionals are enjoying this this pruning, so that they they can go to a garden at one point, do some deadheading, come back in a couple weeks, and and the rest of the plants are ready for deadheading. Okay, we got we got like a minute here left. I I, I got to ask you this question, uh, and, and my apologies for it because I didn't prepare you for it. What did you get wrong? 20 years ago. Is there any? <laughs> <laughs> when I've gotten something wrong, I know. I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, what did I get wrong? Nothing, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
sure there's something. I'm sure there's many things, but but I mean, like I said, what I what I got wrong was I when I was doing the experimentation is I cut I pruned a lot of perennials that then didn't flower. But I guess that's the lesson learned is that they they lived and they came back the next year and they flowered. So as mentioned, you know, some things don't respond to that pruning before flowering, and I. I tried it anyways, things like a still bee, poppies, mm-hmm. some of the hosta, things like that. And uh, I did learn my lesson on that. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of beautiful foliage, but no flowers. Well, uh, I'm, we're going to tell folks uh, to run right out and get a copy of this book, The Well-Tended Perennial Garden, The Essential Guide to Planting and Pruning Techniques, completely revised and expanded. I think we've got our winner on the line. I don't think we have time to, to get to... Uh, that person, but we'll talk to them later. Uh, Tracy DeSabado Oust, uh, the book is published by Timber Press. Go to MikeNovak.net. And your website, Tracy, again, is Tracy Live, right? Yes, TracyLive.com. And thank you, Mike and Peggy, so much for having me on. Thanks for your your years of support of Well Ten. All right. Take care. We'll <laughs> Thanks, talk Tracy. to you soon. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Your family and pets spend a lot of time in public parks, schoolyards, and on your own lawn. And you want those grounds to be not only beautiful, but safe. Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston company with a decade of experience successfully creating beautiful lawns naturally. Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore and also with schools, park districts, and cities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas naturally. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere? When's the last time you even saw a monarch? It's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance. Natural Communities Native Plants can help. Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering, and fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they are a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone, from the nerdiest native plant geek to the novice. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on a very nice mm-hmm. Sunday morning here. You know, and we've had a bunch of those nice days in a row, good gardening days. I'm worried. I, uh, yeah, something <laughs> weird is going to happen. Well, Casey, even Casey Tomato 
uh, has been tweeting, gosh, it's been nice weather for uh, planting tomatoes and for doing other kinds of gardening. We have to have him on someday. I'd love to. If he wants to be on the show, Casey, if you're listening, you're welcome. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, speaking of guests, there's one on the phone line right now, and that's Chris Rowland, who is the general manager of the Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you, and thank you for being here. Um, you're a busy guy. I didn't realize that you guys open at 7 a.m. on Sundays. Yikes, that's early. Yeah, retail never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we have, uh, we have uh, gardening hours. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Well, no, 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 no. See, my gardening hours start about noon. So, uh, <laughs> Yes, but they've got really good coffee at the Sugar Beet. That's, that's true. Right. Yeah, we, that helps get us up. That's you sure. know, and that's just one other thing. I mean, I, that's actually a really good point, that the atmosphere at the Sugar Beet Co-op, and I put a photo up uh, uh, on our website, MikeNovak.net. If you go to the uh, homepage, you will see Peggy sitting there at the big table. Um, but it's it's a comfort comfortable place to be. It is a, a place where you feel welcome, and you've got the coffee. Uh, you can get the muffin, mm-hmm. and of course, lots of great food because you guys have reached out to farmers, growers in the area, and you want to make this local and sustainable. Tell me how you're doing that, Chris. Well, yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, we we try to have a very comfortable atmosphere, and um, yeah, we've um, you know we've been open now almost two years. And, um, you know, been doing the local sustainable thing here in Oak Park, uh, you know, and, and doing really well. So uh, o- over 150 you know, different local vendors. Um, so, yeah, it, it should feel like a community effort uh, in here because, yeah, we've got a lot of farmers markets and lots of local growers and coffee roasters represented here in the store. Uh, tell me some of the uh, the featured people now, because one of the things you'll notice if you go to the website, sugarbeetcoop.org, is you will see various vendors that you're highlighting um, to, to give them a little plug and to encourage people to come into the store. So uh, who are you featuring right now? Man, there's like too many to mention. I'd say the maybe the first thing is uh, what's what's in my mug right here, which is <laughs> our two brothers uh, coffee. We love uh, two brothers out in Warrenville, uh, Illinois. They're um, amazing uh, local coffee roaster. Uh, now that's been... part of the brewing. Yeah, yeah. See, I was so... gonna say I thought that was beer, and I think wow, you got a little hair of the dog going this morning. Yeah, they make uh, they make beverages for uh, for nighttime and uh, and a uh, morning now too. So yeah, four years ago they. Uh, broke off from their uh, famed uh, beer brewing and, and started a coffee roastery. So uh, they are, they're doing it uh, both times of the day. And, yeah, we, we've been featuring their coffee here in our cafe for, uh, for two years now. And, uh, man, we love Two Brothers. And, uh, you know, I'd say another thing that's just on the tip of my tongue is Pleasant House. I don't know if you guys know about all the amazing businesses down in the plant mm-hmm. uh, facility. Oh, do we ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, I, I was part of a, a, an event there that I helped put together for the Illinois Recycling Association, and we got Pleasant House to do these uh, pies for us, uh, oh, yeah. and they were awesome. They are unbelievable. So I'm yeah. so glad to hear that they're— and they've yeah. got a cookie at the co-op with, like, a raspberry filling. Yep. Yeah, the weed jammies are definitely popular from Pleasant House, and we've got those pies in our freezer section, Mike, definitely. And then, uh, <laughs> so when bread, you swing by their... there, get me some. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a big, it's a big community effort here, and um, 
those are definitely just the, you know a couple of the great vendors that we're that we're supporting uh, and are supporting us. Uh, of course, and you know, and it works both ways. That's the idea. Exactly. You 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 kind of. You know, back when in the theater days, when I when I was doing theater and you know shouting into the uh, into the universe and trying to get people to notice us, we we always talked about how you how do you do an end around the powers that be, and the powers that be in your case are the big mega stores, and you have to get the word out and you have to do an end around somehow uh, and get people in. And one of the ways you do that is you reach out to the local farmers you reach out to the vendors uh, you reach out to you know the pleasant house people uh local food producers uh and then you you become something special uh but i i wanted to uh let folks know obviously they've heard us on uh heard about you on our show because you've uh, been a great advertiser on the mike novak show and uh, i want to make sure they know where they're going which is in oak park uh, you're at 812 West Madison Street, just west of Oak Park Avenue in uh, Oak Park. And even though you are a community-owned grocery store, you're open to everybody. I think we need to sort of emphasize that is that this is not a, a private party. This is We're opening the doors. It's a friendly place to be. Come in and knock yourself out, right? Yeah, and you're a better marketer me because it took us what five minutes here to stay where we are we are in <laughs> we're in oak park <laughs> we're in oak park and yeah though we are community owned almost 1700 uh different families in the oak park and, and chicago area mm-hmm. own sugar beet we are 100 percent open to the public um so yeah open to all and uh yeah and and i loved your point about uh you know it works both ways because you know we wouldn't be here that's why the sugar beet was started just to have a better outlet for these awesome local growers, local, you know, businesses and local, you know, artists and food makers out there. Right, right. So, Chris, you guys do a lot of education as well. You've got classes, you've got um, cooking, cupcake decorating, but I also see you've got a clothing exchange coming up on June 25th. <laughs> what, what's that all about? What? <laughs> yeah, Sarah, we're young Sarah enough Bach to where we will... Yeah, we'll try anything once, and uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely in the name of uh, sustainability, it doesn't stop at food, right? So, um, mm-hmm. our, our our marketing uh, department is uh, organizing our first clothes clothing swap. Which, um, uh, being a not a rich man with a not a rich girlfriend, I'm I'm familiar with uh, clothing swaps because gals get together, usually gals, and 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 empty out their closets and. Uh, and you know now they've got a whole new wardrobe, and we're going to try our first one here at at the Sugar Beet. So uh, it will be interesting. There will be plenty of uh, good free coffee, and uh, you know maybe new outfits. I love the idea of free coffee. <laughs> uh, and uh, I noticed also that you do your own catering. Yeah, yeah. So the catering, um, our prepared food department here is. Um, Really amazing, just amazing food that that um that they're kicking out and and yeah, we started getting you know um started getting some requests for you know lunches and uh, parties and you know people wanting to um you know take the sugar beet uh, taste you know home and with them. So we're uh yeah, catering really has been uh, kicking up over the last uh, few months and coming up on graduation season. We know that'll just keep getting busier. So. Uh, yeah, catering menu on the website, lots of great stuff. 
Uh, again, we're talking to Chris Rowland, who's the general manager of the Sugar Beet Food Co-op. And since uh, I'm the PR guy here, um, <laughs> I'm going to make sure, again, folks know 812 West Madison Street. It's easy to get to. It's uh, bright and airy and fun, a great place to shop. Uh, I noticed that one of your goals there, and we got about a minute here just to let you know, one of your goals is to keep things affordable even though you have local foods and craft foods and organic foods. How do you do that? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we know all those words sometimes don't go together with affordable, but um, we've got a great list of um, what we call our healthy staples, which is over 75 items, um, organic, non-GMO, so still really good for you, and lots of local stuff on there too, but hopefully really rock-bottom prices and affordable so you can you know eat well and then uh, you know not break the bank. All right, that's Chris Rowland. Thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, go on over there, Sugar Beet Food Co-op. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, back after the news. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. I try to stop the world from moving so Welcome fast. back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're very pleased to have on the phone line now who called us and we called her and then we missed her and then she missed us and now we're back and you don't need to know all that behind the scenes. Kofifi. Uh, Our very own Kofifi, Green Diva Meg. Hey, Green Diva Meg. Hey, Green Diva Mike. How are you? (laughs) Hi, Peggy. Hello. Good morning. See, now don't let me down here, Meg, because I said to Peggy off air, I said, Oh, she's a lot of fun. You'll like Green Diva Meg, so don't screw it up, all right? Oh, man. No Pressure's pressure. On. No pressure. No pressure at all. And I am the Green Devo, and that is spelled D-E-V-O. Are, are we not gardeners? Are we not He's Devo? He's got a flower pot on his head right now. You know, and I have, oh, do you know I have a, fl- yes. a flower pot hat? There's a photo of you somewhere. With a, really? me, me and a flower pot head, yeah, and it's at home, and he I have... Is. Devo. I, <laughs> no, and there's a whole generation of people who don't know what that means, really. Yeah, well. Uh, you know what? We uh, Don't even start. Don't, uh, 
It's our own little private Idaho, and we're having fun. <laughs> all I got to say about that is Kofifi. All right? That's all I got to say. Oh, my God. I saw so many funny memes yesterday about the Kofifi thing. I know. They're, and, and it's already I, I it's what I what I I wrote on Facebook. It's already old. It's like it's it's already past yeah. its prime. Mm-hmm. In in like a half a day, it was past its prime. It's, <laughs> how does that happen? It's like the half life of a of a of nuclear <laughs> of nuclear waste. Okay, is basically is what we're that dealing would be, with. Be uh, toxic orange waste. Toxic orange waste. Yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Next. I know. Next. Well, let's, before we get into that, because we only have a couple of minutes, we, we do a short break and then we'll come back and we'll be able to, to gab at length. And okay. one of the reasons I have Green Diva Meg on the show is she's my buddy. She's my green buddy. And she knows what it's like to be out there in, <laughs> in the green trenches, uh, yeah. uh, slogging along and trying to get people's attention. So, you know, throwing up signal flares. And saying, "Hey, <laughs> hey, folks! Uh, you know, you really should be paying attention." Hello, hi, yes, hello. hello, test. What is this mic on? Uh, and uh, I was part of. Well, the Mike Novak show was part of the Green Divas Radio Network. What a, what a grand experiment that was, Meg. It was, and you were a trooper because we really struggled a bit with some of the technology. And <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe well, it'll know, happen again someday. There, there I was in my dining room. Logging in, you know, at the last uh-huh. second and going, oh, I hope it takes. I hope it takes. Is it going to get up there in time? <laughs> and, and yeah, the platform was eh, sometimes reliable and sometimes not so sometimes much. Sometimes you had to move the tinfoil a little bit. Exactly. Well, you know, I just have to say that one of the best experiences of putting that network together was putting together our pitch for the uh, funding. Because Really, one of the reasons the technology and the platform was kind of wonky was um, that we really needed funding. So anyway, Mike <laughs> helped us. Put, I just want people to know Mike helped us put together a hilarious video uh, of our pitch. Oh, my the, God. Uh, he, I he forgot the about that. For the, right, Rod Serling? The whole right. uh, Green Diva. The you Green know. Diva's <laughs> network. You open yeah. this door with a key. The key to your imagination. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Was fun. You know what? It was we fun. Uh, is it still it's still floating oh, yeah. out there, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, Definitely. we we have got to post that because uh, let's yeah. let's post that on Twitter and Facebook today, just so okay. people have a you know, and if they want to send you money, that's fine with me. Uh, if they want to nah, send they, you money, well, it won't go through. But it, <laughs> it, it, at least it's just it's just entertaining. Uh, where, is, where, where, is it on the site somewhere? I'm looking now on our YouTube. We have a YouTube channel in case anybody, because I've done a lot of videos in the last year. I'm getting into these little one-minute, fun little, you know, DIY recipe videos. See, and that's where we need to talk because uh, Peggy and I are beginning to understand that this audio thing, nobody listens to anything anymore. You you need to do video. you got to have big, bright pictures or folks' eyes glaze over. Uh, Oh, even with big bright pictures, their eyes glaze over <laughs> when it comes what? to environmental it's, stuff. What? It's just not right. Uh, okay, it ain't right. Hold on, let me. See. All right, you, no, I'm going to go we'll, look, we'll look for, for it that while on we the break. Talk. I'll tell you we'll what, we're, we're, we're coming yeah. up on a break here, uh, okay. and we we can look for it during the break. But before we get there, tell folks what the mission of Green Divas is. The Green Divas. Okay. Well, I mean, our whole my whole thing all along, back when I published the magazine and it morphed into the Green Divas radio show. 
uh, and multimedia digital enterprise, uh, it's all about sharing ways to live a deeper shade of green and getting the message out there in a way that is accessible to everybody. We have a, a really good cross-section in our listenership of people who might even be slightly skeptical, but we present information in a fun way and like here's really practical ways that you can participate and learn. And yeah, so we're, we're all about getting information out there in digestible bits to the largest mass of people possible, you know. Okay. And that, and that's the Does idea. That is, is Yeah, totally. Completely. That's yeah. uh, Green Diva Meg. We're going to continue our conversation with the Green Diva. I am the Green Devo, Mike Novak. We don't have a name for Peggy yet. Maybe she's another Green Diva. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be right back. I hope you stick around. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for Women and Men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on the season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. These are the green divas. This is their natural habitat. They work tirelessly with little to sustain them seven days a week to produce the green divas radio show. Sharing low stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. They've added an eighth day to their work week in order to develop the first ever digital radio network on the planet dedicated to green and healthy living, but lack resources to get it off the ground. Geeks to build it. Marketing and PR to promote it. The network would provide a platform for more high-quality shows, helping citizens of the Earth wake up and smell the melting ice caps and become more conscious of our fellow humans and all the creatures we share the planet with. 
this Green Diva's network could, in fact, save the world. This is Green Diva Meg, a witty, intelligent creature, and notably short. She is the original Green Diva. She's been living green since her early 20s. She loves healthy food, obviously, and wants everyone to have access to clean food and water. She has grandchildren and would like them to breathe real fresh air, whatever that is. And there's Green Diva Lynn. She's a talented writer and what is commonly known as a social media addict. She is notably tall. She loves running through the woods and doing yoga. And like her Green Diva friend Meg, she too is prone to superfood, fruit smoothie, and organic vegetable juice breaks. She too would like to create a better world for her son. Their very survival depends on people like you. The audience, green divas, green dudes, green divos, who give them a reason to exist. You who listen to the educational and often hilariously delivered information about how to live a more conscious lifestyle. Like a tree falling in a forest with no one there to listen on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and other digital networks. Their voices would not be heard if not for you. They want to save the earth and the crazy human species. Go figure. And have a good time doing it. And you, inhabitant of this great blue marble, are on the endangered species list. So the Green Divas want to save you, too. The Green Divas are rare, tenacious, and resourceful mammals. Despite their limited resources and the dense jungle of misinformation to hack through, they put themselves on the line to provide a louder voice for the most fascinating and informative green and healthy living experts around the world. They are survivors. Why do they do this? So that you can learn about what's going on with climate change, the environment, toxic chemicals, safe and healthy food, sex, and travel. They are devoted to optimism and insist on sharing solutions. But the Green Divas need sustenance to sustain life. Without sustenance in the form of green, the Green Divas and their growing community of talented writers and shows will starve. What kind of a world would it be without the Green Divas? I can tell you, it's one that we don't want to imagine. One that won't have their unique network of podcasts streaming 24-7. One in which people will be left to listen to less entertaining and potentially harmful podcasts. You can give this network a chance and save the Green Divas and possibly ourselves and the Earth as we know it. Become a Green Diva, or a Green Dude, or a Green Devo. Give to this vital campaign. The world needs the Green Divas Global Digital Radio Network. Don't wait. Be part of the solution. Give now. No, I mean, give now. Right now. <laughs> Do you know what the word now means? <laughs> there are rewards beyond a happier okay. planet. Yeah, Seriously, it gets really funny story. at the end. If you're Why watching you it. Wait? You have to watch it because the, no, the sheep comes on. I'm not kidding. The sheep comes on and is staring at you, and it's like, I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was clever. You're you're so good, Mike. Uh, you guys are, Thank too. You I for mean, your help. you wrote most of it. I just, I threw in my little uh, ad 
little things, yeah. little little yeah. tidbits in there every now and then. We're a good team. Uh, I, good I'm telling team. you, well, why don't you get out of New Jersey and come to Chicago so we can, you know, do some real it's damage. Tempting, tempting. So I just want people to know that actually is on my old, on my personal uh, YouTube, but we do have a YouTube now, which all which has all kinds of other fun stuff, uh, the Green Divas. And yeah, so, you know, uh, it's been an interesting year for for a lot of reasons, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, you think? I mean, this this is something when I started working with you several years ago, we never dreamed of. We thought, okay, right. we, we will go along. And we will try to talk people into uh, being smarter and and actually paying attention to things around them uh, and perhaps acting upon these things and perhaps creating, a, 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 you know, better living conditions for the themselves and for the people around them. But we never, ever dreamed that the great orange would descend upon America. This yeah, was... it's like a dystopia thing. Like, I can't even get a handle on it. It's weird. It is. I mean, and and, and that's amazing is that here we are, what are we, eight, eight months since the election? People are still off balance. They're still yeah. discombobulated. Uh, yeah. I'm still in shock every time I turn on the TV, and I'm like, are you still there? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I. it is unbelievably baffling that people are allowing this to continue and i think the good well, some people are and some people aren't i mean there yeah. a lot of people are yeah. saying no this is not acceptable we will no. march right. we will march we will do whatever we can but what i worry about is and you know knowing that you and i are both in the media business in one way or another right. um the media out there desperately yeah. tr- desperately trying to make this some kind of normal and my feeling is yeah. don't do that do not do not yeah. do that no. that don't go down no, that road it should be it should be crazy yeah it, it, it is crazy and yeah your first instinct is the right one this is nuts this is not normal yeah. do not act as if it's normal do not plug this into whatever you think is normal do not format go, yeah yeah do not do Formula. that yeah. stop that right now so stop that but <laughs> and and you told me that you're already adapting, uh, not in terms of making this normal, but in terms of what the new message is for you, right? It, you... Well, well, you know, one of the things I did, I wrote an article like a couple of about a week after I mopped myself off the floor after the election. Uh, I wrote a, a long post about how to stay positive despite a, I can't say his name on the air. Can't do it. That's okay. Despite this no. president, it'll be bleeped okay? anyway. It'll be bleeped if you do it here. So we'll just. Yeah, beep. Thank you. It's like a bad. It's like a bad word. Yeah, so um, we just say Kofifi anyway, instead. Kofifi, you can say Kofifi. Ah, thank you. That's his new name. Um, because Kofifi. I desperately needed to reach for you know reach deep for like okay you know there's got to be a way to work through this and not be a puddle on the floor and give up. <laughs> and there are, there are lots of good things, believe it or not, that are happening. Mm-hmm. And one of them is we should thank the Kofifi for making, um, well, he's creating a, a, a nation of activists that mm-hmm. have been sitting on their couches thinking, Oh, well, this will get resolved. This is no problem. Yeah, someone yeah, so, someone else it. will and, fix it. Yeah. And, and now everybody's like, wait, whoa, wait, 
I got to go march. I got to do this. I got to. I met and and people that normally might not get so concerned are becoming concerned. And guess what? Climate change was on the headlines like every day for the past week. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, it's and and bad. there's mayors the the mayor of the town that we're broadcasting from, Evanston, stood up and said, yep. "Well, I don't care what he said. You know, we're upholding yep. the." So everyone's kind of, if you want to say hashtag resist or whatever, people are yeah. just. Thing. Well, okay, that's nice, but we're going to do it anyways. Which it's is a big wake-up call. It's a big wake-up call. And I think it's a marathon and not a sprint. One of the things, you know, a handful of the ways that I say that we need to uh, be positive moving on is to take good care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know there are, for a fact that there are people that literally have, like, gone on medication because they are so freaking depressed about what's happening in the world. And I think that's extreme. But I, I can see why we need to, and those of us that are on the front lines, you know, you know, you guys, and, and uh, you know, there are women all around the world, literally, who are on the front lines that are uh, giving their lives. You know, we have to pace ourselves. Yeah. We have to uh, get some strength, be clear, you know, use real information, and uh, just be consistent. And yeah. Keep, well, keep we, it out there. we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago who organizes retreats. For people to help deal with the PSTD, basically the trauma, the emotional inner trauma oh, yeah. of all of this. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Mike's yeah. looking for something over I, there. I, I, I've got He's to... scrounging around in his computer. Yeah. I... So, yeah, so, we, we so, definitely well, did a show about uh, environmental depression. Or, yeah. Or eco- yeah. So, so or what are climate change depression? So, real quick, then, what are three things people can do if they're just still feeling depressed and and confused? And how do I move forward? What difference can I make? What are some things people can do? All right. So, one thing you can do is is like pick one thing because I think it's a little overwhelming, right? There's so many things hitting the fan right now. Seriously, it's almost terrifying. But pick one thing. Like maybe you really, really care about water, mm-hmm. or maybe you really, really care about wildlife conservation or maybe you really really care about the forest or the rainforest pick one thing and do what you can Mm because you there are things you can do no question about it but just kind of zero in on what you're passionate about is it the food supply whatever it is that's that's like i think number one after taking care of yourself the triage you know you know sometimes you can't Uh, even take care of yourself (laughs) you just you just do the thing uh, that you got to do And and, yeah. and 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 one of the things about this show, and it overwhelms me a little bit, I'll be honest, is we strike out in so many different directions, as you did with the, the yeah. Green Divas yeah. and do with the Green Divas. We're, our antennae are out there, and we're aware yeah. of everything. And I'm always amazed. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Meg. And by the way, we're talking to Green Diva Meg from the Green Divas. Go to the – which website should they go to, Meg? Yeah, thegreendivas.com. Thegreendivas.com. You can see videos and audio and stuff. Yeah, I want folks to know that. Uh, Thank you. One of the things that I've become aware of is that people do get compartmentalized. And when when I'm speaking about gardening and then I go to people and talk to them about recycling, 
and I say, you know, there actually is a connection. There's uh, gardening pots that are number six plastics that you can't put in your recycling system. Why is that? And why are yeah. we why are we creating this waste in what is supposed to be the green industry and setting it out there so that it cannot be disposed of properly or reused properly. There's a connection there, but the people in the gardening end don't pay attention to mm-hmm. it, and the people in the recycling end know nothing about gardening. And I'm the guy in the middle who's trying yeah. to facilitate both and say... You talk gotta, to each other. Yes, you got to talk to each other somehow. Right. Have you, have you run well, into that yourself? Yes, all, all the time. And, and the other thing that you mentioned is that because... You and I do what we do, and Peggy, you know, your email boxes are probably a lot like mine. You get, like, a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of information all day long about all kinds of crazy <laughs> yes, things. Yes, yes. That I never get know, to and you, feel guilty. Yes, exactly. Right. But some of this stuff, like, you can't unknow. You know what I mean? Like, when I start learning about certain things, and I make my husband crazy because I'm like, wait, no, you can't use that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's something that, uh, whatever, and... I can't unknow, and and it does become a bit overwhelming. I think I've sidetracked, but uh, no, yeah, I don't even know what. The but, hell that's okay, but, but that's okay. But that's okay. I know, well, but, <laughs> but I get that's it. what happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm at an expo all weekend, and I'm talking native plants with people. You know, it's just. Yeah, you know, and Peggy, Peggy's a, she's the health and wellness person, and she publishes Natural Awakening Chicago, and oh, that's I, right. I. And but she knows a lot about gardening anyway, and I'm being dragged kicking and screaming into the health and wellness area of it. You know, you know, you knew, you know me, Meg. Uh, four years yeah. ago, five years ago, when we were talking, and you would talk about the health and wellness stuff, I would go, "Yeah, yeah, that's your. You do that, okay? I, I'm not gonna. Right. I, can, I, I don't. I, I can't even focus on that. So, all right, I, I well, have. Go ahead. Yes. I just want to say that there's a huge connection between mm-hmm. health and wellness and the environment. Huge. Exactly. Yes, of course exactly. there is. More and more. Well, like the cows oh, and the go. methane, okay? We know what's going Come on. C- cow cow fa- farts are going to kill us. Hey. <laughs> but if the, you know, if, 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 if your city's not healthy, if your yard is not healthy, if your house isn't healthy, you're not healthy. It's all tied together. And there's a lot of science now. Come all on. right. This is what I was oh. looking for. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. 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 Um, Cover your ears. Yeah. Oop. I had it. Did I? Oh, oh I know what I did. I, I think I shut down the... Uh, okay, two seconds, two seconds here. here. I miss live radio. I really <laughs> miss live radio. It's like you, you do this. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Oh, my God. So, I want you... To get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Was that worth it or what? That was worth it, right? Because it's so true. It's yep. so you know, it's true like, then and true now. And I can't believe it. I turn it on, and the first thing that comes up out of his mouth is the Russians. Like, oh my <laughs> God, you got to be kidding yeah, I know, me. Right? All it right. Was more appropriate than you even thought. Uh, oh, no kidding. All right. That's Green Diva, Meg. We are going to do something, I hope, real soon together again. Hey, can I just mention real quick yep. 50 Shades of Green Divas? That's kind of the new podcast that we're doing. It's All a right. shorter show. 
um, doing it with Max from the Many Shades of Green. So we combined our stuff and we call it Fifty Shades of Green Divas. And, cool. You know. And how do people find, find it? Out. How do they find it? Well, they thegreendivas.com has everything there. All right, thegreendivas.com, Fifty Shades of Green Divas. Thank you, Mike. All and right. Peggy. Always Thank a pleasure, you. Meg. Uh, let's talk food when we come back and hope our heads don't explode. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Chicago gardeners, are you really proud of your garden this year? Well, why not enter it in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, open to residents of the city of Chicago and presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shedd Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakening Chicago. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. Types of gardens include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens such as green roofs and walls, rain gardens, sidewalk cafes, and more. Categories include small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations. There's even a special category for community gardens. You have until June 23rd to enter, and it's free. Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on Chicago Gardening Awards at MikeNovak.net for more info. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk. WCGO. Hang on. (laughs) You did it again. I did it. I bumped it. And it does work. How do you like that? If you just go... See, we had Bruce Springsteen yesterday singing slow. <laughs> Mike's just, amusing himself. I'm just right gonna. Now I'm, with just, audio. I'm just gonna play this all day. Just play with this back and forth, and just go. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you who like the song. <laughs> Sorry, go to YouTube. By the Cranberries, I I really apologize because uh, it is a cool song. But uh, there you go. Oh dear. But I'm having too much more fun. More fun playing with the speed control. And I keep bumping it because it's the uh, the CD machine here. And believe, yes, I'm playing CDs, okay? You got a problem with that? You listening? Yeah, I'm playing CDs. We're old school. 20th century, 20th century technology. I'll bring my turntable in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'll calm down. I just got all worked up there, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah, it does start. I'm still figuring out the levels here, but they're different for, for every CD. So there you go. 
Okay. Ben, Ben's just shaking his head. He's like, uh, Ben just wants to get out of here. I'm just happy they're not uh, MP3s. <laughs> well, because you guys do everything in wave here. Yeah, it's uh, less compression. Well, I know, but you know, peop- this is AM radio, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think bringing the forty fives next week? Do you think that yeah. exactly so that I can play Melissa Manchester or whoever? Mm-hmm. No, what, are you sure it was Manchester? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a board. No, that not for that song. For the other song, it was oh. Melissa Manchester. Oh, but that was the song. So who was that one? I'll look it up. All right. So well, you're introducing our, our, our guest our who's guest looking funny at us. Who, who's looking what? at us. Like, did I come to the right station? And she, see, she was worried that she was going to be nervous, and then she stands here and she thinks, these people are idiots. I can <laughs> I can handle this. Uh, Janie Maxwell, executive director for the- Maureen o- McGovern. Maureen McGovern. That was it. Maureen. <laughs> you know, you folks listening, you should have just called in and corrected us. That's the way it works. Uh, Maureen McGovern, yeah, was in the studio with Roy Leonard, and I played her 45 record at 33 and a third while she, while she was sitting there. Oh, you know, these are things where you and wake you up. you went to Wally Phillips' show from there. Uh, uh, no, I was. I had been on Wally's show. And well, that, that's why you that did That was it the problem, yeah. And this is when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're in a cold sweat. And, you, you know, the sheets are soaked because you realize that your life has been a catastrophe from the word go. Uh, and that's the way those things work. Uh, but Janie's here to but say But Janie that. Maxwell is the executive director of the Illinois Farm, <laughs> Farmers Market Association, or ILFMA. ILFMA, ILFMA, yes. um, not-for-profit organization. But you guys are relatively new on the scene, aren't you? Have you been executive director from the, the get-go? or or? No, we had a founding executive director, Pat Steeren, uh, or a network of uh, partners came together in 2009, 2010. Right. But we were officially organized in 12. And oh, then I didn't realize it was that recent. It's that recent. And then in uh, the fall of 15, uh, Pat retired, and I became executive director. So I've just been here a little over a year. I like the idea that you work for like two or three years and then retire. That's, Wouldn't that be nice? That's a great gig. Yeah. I have to figure out how to do that. It's it's I'm way past my prime here. Uh, so why did you think that uh, Illinois needed a farmer's market association? Well, there are a lot of reasons. Uh, Illinois, I mean, it's really hard to know how many farmer's markets each state has. It's a little bit like... Uh, chasing rabbits or something. Mm -hmm. They come, they go, they move. uh, They're hard to track down. But we think we're probably third in the nation for farmer's markets. We think I saw that. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, we're really one of the big ones. Is that per capita or total? Total. Total. And so when you think about the breadth of the state, the diversity of the state, we thought it was really valuable to create an organization that would be the resource and training arm and advocacy arm for farmers markets across the state. So before you guys put this together, was it kind of a free-for-all, people just out there? I mean, are are there regional organizations? Uh, I know there are groups like Advocates for Urban Agriculture, but even that is fairly new, and I don't know how specifically they're involved with farmers markets. I assume they are. Um, And there are other organizations uh, it, there was obviously some kind of need. Well, there's a huge need because there was a tremendous increase in the number of farmers markets mm-hmm. across the nation. I think it went from something like 1,500 to 8,000. Wow. And so across the nation, USDA has been paying far more attention to farmers markets 
There's a farmer's market coalition that addresses the needs of farmer's markets across the United States. And then we have regional associations like the state one that I'm a part of uh, in our neighboring states. And so we connect with them on best practices and training and opportunities for all of our markets. We have talked about, well, we talk a lot about farmer's markets on this show. It's it's a big part a of, of what we do. Uh, lo- <laughs> yeah, well, in farmer's markets, <laughs> if if you get used to going to them, they're really fun. Right. Uh, even if you don't, I mean, if you if you you, you need to drop by a farmers market mm-hmm. if you haven't been the, to one yet, and well, year round now, right? Th- that's the other thing, and and I notice that you've got uh, a list of winters farmers right. markets on the ILFMA site. Right, we have a list of winter markets, and then we have a USDA farmers market promotion grant, and in partnership with Market Maker Illinois, we now have a uh, searchable map on our website that will help you find. Uh, farmers markets across the state. So we're trying to connect our uh, interested patrons with the markets that are closest to them so that they can actually go and participate, find out what they need to know, and uh, enjoy their experience. And I like the search function you also had to say find local eggs. Yes. And you can pull up who are all the farms near you offering them. Right. So it can be really specific. And then the other project we're working on with an Illinois Specialty Growers Grant and market maker, uh, GFAN now, uh, is a a What's in Season app. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. about to be released so that you'll actually be able to use your phone to figure out what's in season. It might help you better understand what you're going to find at the farmer's market and then plan for what you might want to buy when you're there. You talked about specialty grant. Mm -hmm. um, And that is one of those things that that uh, pushes my buttons when... You talk about specialty crops. I know. Yeah, you know where I'm going with <laughs> yes, this, Yes, right? I do, and special, I would agree. Specialty crops are what's on your table. That's right. considered, you know, if you grow greens or, or if you grow a carrot or if you grow a pepper, that's a specialty crop. Right. Because it's not a commodity. It's not, it's not corn or soybeans. Correct. Um, and that makes me nuts. Can we change that? Can we have like, can we call it real crops? And then we'll call the other stuff commodity crops. I don't know how we change that, but that's, this is so ingrained in ag departments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you can't root it out that whole idea. And and I think it just sends a, a bad message. It sends the wrong message. If you ask me, but well, that's I think just it's me. just a conversation we have to keep having with <laughs> our decision makers to make sure they understand the importance of what they're calling the specialty crops. Mm-hmm. It used to be that they were a little less of a priority; they got less funding, less of the spotlight. But I do think in the recent administration, the previous administration, that shifted. Uh, we now, saw. Are you talking state administration or? federal administration state and federal we've seen some really positive changes with funding opportunities uh, across the state Mm -hmm. Um, actually illinois leads uh, the country in many legislative initiatives that favor farmers markets and so we're trying as an organization to partner with other organizations such as give me such as i call it the costco model you go to costco what do they do they give you a taste of the food and then what do you do you buy it mm-hmm. well you didn't no, use to always. be well not always <laughs> not a costco I, I go to costco if, if i need a snack in between lunch <laughs> yeah. and uh, dinner yeah but now with a food sampling certificate mm-hmm. farmers can actually sample their product at farmers markets because you want to taste the product that's there you want to figure out why you should buy this one instead of somebody else's 
And so it gives a farmer an opportunity or another vendor an opportunity to provide samples for you. Mm -hmm. So that's really been big. The other is allowing um, home kitchens to be used to produce non-hazardous food products so that they can be sold at farmer's markets as well. the cottage food laws. The cottage food laws. how, how How is our cottage food law in Illinois compared to other states right now? Most other states don't have one. It's oh, actually a leader. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we really feel like at the state level, there's some really great things that have happened. It's interesting because Illinois, Illinois is such a strange state. Uh, we are leaders in some things and so far behind in others, and it doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, for I'll give you an, an example is, is, is uh, composting. Mm-hmm. Uh, organic composting uh, and creating those markets. We just finally got that rolling in 2010, and it's still very slow. You know, it's like the the CD that I was right. playing there. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. um, and yet, as you say, we're leading the way in We've this regard. We've seen some really great bipartisan support for initiatives around farmers markets because we really know that farmers markets, local food, uh, good food is tied to health. And so, and it's also then tied to healthcare spending. So we're trying to do everything we can to promote farmers markets, local food, and we really believe that that enhances the health of the local community. But we also know that that enhances the economic vibrancy of the local community as well. When the farmer sells the product at the market, most of that money stays local instead of going out to the big corporations. Then they buy their products that they need locally, and it supports the local economy. And so we're really trying to use those discussion points to try and further the um, legislation that makes running a farmer's market, participating in a farmer's market, more simple. Not only that, but when people buy at a farmer's market and they buy local, they know their farmer. And this is yes. this is one of those phrases, know your farmer, know your food. And I think, again, people's eyes glaze over when they hear it. But it is so true. If you look somebody in the eye and you knew, you know, they grew that beet for you, or especially the meat. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to, to Jody Osmond right. at uh, Cedar Valley Sustainable uh, Farm and I get a chicken, I know that it was raised humanely. Uh, right. I'm an omnivore. What can I tell you? I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, so I want to know where my meat came from, uh, if at all possible. So that's the benefit of going mm-hmm. to a farmer's market and oh, looking yeah. people in the eye. You can talk to them about why they practice the way they do, why, um, you know, some of them are organic, some of them are not. Some of my the growers that I purchase from tell me that they're actually more conservative than the organic certification would require. Me- so, conservative in a good way. In, in a term. good way. Mm-hmm. And you know, so yeah. those our growers <laughs> at the local level are growing their product for taste, nutrition, and uh, they pe- they cu- they uh, harvest it at the peak of ripeness, and so um, that's the other thing you're benefic- getting. Yeah, you don't get the food that that somebody picked three weeks in advance so that it could be shipped on a train, and by the time it gets to the store, right. it's red it's, or green or whatever. Or still it's still pink. Exactly. Or still exactly. pink. Yeah. All right. right. It's that's Janie Maxwell, executive director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. We're going to continue our conversation. We're headed to the home stretch. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Give us a call, 847-475-1590.
Is this the year you finally get your lawn off drugs? But why stop there? Why not work with your city, your park district, and your local schools to create a neighborhood of lawns that are beautiful and safe? Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston-based company with a decade of experience managing large turf areas naturally. They'd be happy to sit down with you, your local school, or city to answer any questions and to give you a free lawn care estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. Do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere? When's the last time you even saw a monarch? It's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance. Natural Communities Native Plants can help. Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering, and fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they are a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone, from the nerdiest native plant geek to the novice. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. Are you proud of me? I'm not playing with yes. the speed yes. of the CD. I was going to say around. something and I didn't. So yes. okay, you know that's the problem. You put controls in my hands. I'm going to mess <laughs> with them. That's why. That's why Ben tries to take it away from me. He doesn't want me with the. <laughs> ben, don't pull the plug. Don't pull the plug. He's got this long thing. Stop it. <laughs> you know the big plug. There's and 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 I have been known to trip over the big plug that controls the power to the whole station. So yeah, and, and you sent your phone flying a couple times. And it, too. <laughs> And I sent the CD case flying today. Uh, I'll drop. I can wait. I can drop a book here too. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. All right. Janie's like, uh, okay, come on, let's talk farmers markets. That's right. We are uh, here with the uh, Jamie Maxwell, Janie Maxwell, sorry, uh, who is the executive director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. Um, one of the things uh, we need to ask you is about uh, membership, uh, and yes. it, it does cost a little bit to be in, but it's kind of nominal. It's kind of a nominal cost. We try and make it very reasonable, especially knowing that um, some of our partners might not have, you know, deep pockets and resources. But uh, if you go to our website, ilfma.org, you can uh, find ways to join. You can join if you're a farmer's market, whether if you're a vendor at a market, or if you're just a member of the community that loves food and loves wants to see the availability of local food at farmer's markets continue, because that's really our goal. We're trying to create... 
a vibrant local food and farmers market network, and we need the support of the community to help us do that. Yeah, but what do I get out of this, huh? You get to feel really good about <laughs> your investment. And for our markets and our vendors, there are some member-only, and I guess the community could participate as well, some member-only education opportunities and discounts. You got one coming up this Tuesday. Yes, mm-hmm. we do, on farmers market metrics. Because we know that in order to continue to prove the vibrancy and the vitality of farmers markets, we have to collect data on who's visiting, how much are they spending, uh, what type of impact is that market having on the community. So in order to position ourselves for further funding and further opportunities, we need to have some hard data. You mean you bring up a really good point. And when we've talked about farmers markets on this show before, it comes up. That is, there's a real difference between whether the consumer has a a good experience at a farmer's market and the vendor has a good experience at a farmer's market, and you really want both, don't you? You you do. You want the farmer to walk home uh, feeling good about the sales that they've had for the day, and we really want the consumer to be satisfied with the product that they've purchased. We want want them to try new things, and we also want them to feel confident about how it was uh, grown or raised, and we also may... Uh, They may also then have the opportunity to figure out how to use that product uh, when they get it home. Last time I was in the grocery store, the cashier didn't tell me how to cut and prepare the item that was on in in my bag on the belt. But my local grower will do that and pick up something. I look a little puzzled and he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you just take that hard skin off with a big knife and then cut it into pieces and roast it. It'll be awesome. And you don't get that advice from other places. And so it's really fun to connect with the grower producer. That that makes a lot of sense. It's like when I tell people to go to independent garden centers because they actually have knowledge. Right. There's people who can help you and tell you what you're doing. And mm-hmm. if you don't, I guess it's the same thing with farmer's markets. If you don't go to farmer's markets, there won't be any. That's if you don't right. go to independent garden centers, there won't be any. If you don't Correct. go to independent bookstores, there won't be. Oh, wait, too late. Uh, you know, and that's and that's kind of the, that's the model. The model right. is the independent bookstore, which is gone now, partly because of the various media we have. To, to read books on, right? Uh, but also because people started shopping via Amazon, which is not my favorite thing in the world. Um, they just were buying everything online, mm-hmm. and those people went out of business, and they're not coming back. Well, not at the moment, not until the whole everything breaks down, and then we have to go back to books. Yes. But oh. that's another. But the point being that if you want this kind of information, if you want the local food, go and. Uh, visit your local farmer's market, which brings me to a point that has also come up on the show, and it did last fall. Certain farmer's markets don't make it. And, so, right. you know, we're talking about vendor experience and, and, and consumer experience. They don't always work, the farmer's markets. How do you help those? We were talking in particular about the one on the southeast side of Chicago in the South Shore. Mm-hmm. Has just had the darndest time getting people and vendors to show up. How do you make those work? Well, we've tried some, uh, well, first of all, we try and connect people. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of our big uh, goals as an organization is to be that conduit between the farmer's market and the vendor. Uh, We have people on our board of directors that are very familiar with different growers and vendors in different parts of the the state. And then we try and act as that, that conduit to make sure that if you are looking for vendors that you can find them. Not always possible, Sometimes there has to be some initial uh, incentives to get vendors to go to markets. If they're already selling and doing exceptionally well at a farmer's market on a Saturday, 
then why would they yeah, pick up another exactly, one? Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to encourage people to maybe do off-day uh, markets that are not quite so popular. Uh, there was even a model where all the food was fully identified from the specific growers, but rather than man a table themselves, the growers would drop their food off on the way to another market, and then it would be available. But mm-hmm. it was clearly marked who actually grew that food. Now, you don't get quite the interaction with the farmer at that at that location, but then also the uh, farmer didn't have to quite inv- invest quite as much in time and resource to sell the product at that location. So we're looking at some models like that, but mainly it's just increasing consumer demand and making sure that the consumer really understands that what they're getting at a market is different. I mean, you can get varieties of food that you can't get at a grocery store. I mean, mm-hmm. purple carrots, yellow watermelon, mm-hmm. Green cauliflower. You don't yeah. find those products and you're at grocery stores. Probably store. not going to grow at home. You're not going to grow at home, and you're not going to get the nutrition and the taste. I hear over and over again as a dietitian that oh, people don't don't like to eat their vegetables. Well, have they ever tasted vegetables grown at the height of the season and uh, picked and prepared in a way that's um, really tasty? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have. Maybe they've just gotten the bland food that came 1,500 miles. Uh, they're the thinking store. of the asparagus that their mother boiled to death or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. don't don't ruin asparagus. <laughs> no. oh, so I just bought my... some yesterday that was some of the most beautiful, thin Where'd you get it? Uh, Batavia Farmer's Market. Oh, well, I'm not going out to Batavia. Oh, well, <laughs> but it's I love now my as- local market. I love fresh asparagus. I, I'll... I'll eat it even when it's not, but but I'd rather have fresh because if you've had the fresh, oh, my goodness, it's so good. (laughs) Well, and just one other thing. Um, Markets are uh, all over the the Chicagoland area, but just want to make sure that people that uh, have link benefits know that their um, benefit is accepted at 102 farmers markets across the state. And we will have a list shortly on our website of those markets that will also accept your uh, link uh, food assistance card at the market. And many of them give uh, financial incentives for you to use that at the market as well. And that website is ilfma.org. Do you want to say anything? You you said you're a dietitian. We got like a minute yeah. left. Um, you know, obviously this ties in very well. It does. I believe I came to farmer's market world as a person that believes strongly in the health and health benefits and economic impact of local food. Um, It's my passion. I am fortunate to work with a volunteer board of directors that all have the expertise in farmer's market world. But the more we can do, I think not only do we have a positive economic impact, we'll have a positive health impact. And I think that is something that all of us can get behind. Well, thank you so much for coming well, into you. the studio. Thank when when we get out of it. here, we're going to take a couple of photos here, Beck. So, so stand by for, for that. Uh, I want to thank everybody on the show today: Tracy DiSabato, Aust, the uh, author of the Well-Tended Perennial Garden; Chris Rowland from Sugar Beet Co-op Food Co-op; uh, Green Diva Mag. Go to uh, thegreendivas.com. And, of course, uh, Janie Maxwell, the executive director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. Don't forget that at 1 o'clock, there's an encore presentation of the Mike Novak Show right on this station. I want to thank our engineer, Ben Boquist, for spinning the dials. Until next week. And Ariana. And Ariana. Thank you. Go green or go home. (laughs) Stadler? Uh, What? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.